my cup. Think to be a better rooster, see clean for them top. Get me pains of lint, be Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold. I am now 60 years old, and I'm Judy Gold, old gold Judy. Anyway, this week we have part two of my uh, conversation with Al Franken, and it was so fun to do this, this interview in person, and it was right after the election. And so this part two has a lot of politics in it. And I think you're going to find it fascinating. I did. And I just, there was so much more I wanted to ask him. And I do miss him in the Senate. You know, I feel like that was a fucking mistake. So I think you're going to really, really, really love it. Okay, so let me just tell you a couple things. I was so fucking surprised on my birthday. Henry and Elisa both planned this fucking I I can't even tell you I I had a small dinner and then I thought that was the end of my birthday you know Henry tells me he left his wallet at the comedy cellar so of course I'm like oh god I was so mad because it was raining we had to walk over to the comedy cellar and I'm screaming at him and then I walk in and the room is packed and I got roasted by the greatest comics Rich Voss Ophira Eisenberg John Fish Colin Quinn, Sherrod Small, and Elisa was fucking hilarious. And people came from all over. Gary, my friend Gary Corden came from um, L.A. And all my tennis friends were there. Um, Peggy and Patty and Julie and uh, Polly and Jenny and Gillian, like all my, my tennis friends who I couldn't fuck. And then my friends' friends. And then like Jay Cohen made the, uh, uh, he made the best cake shoshana bean sung happy birthday to me benj pasik was there i mean i i feel like i shouldn't say all these people because i'm gonna miss someone but everyone elisa's sister jill came with her husband al and our nephew um jaden oh there's jews and my sister came and my niece and blah 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 blah. there was a lot of jews but there was a lot of non-jews and it was and liz at the comedy cellar who's the fucking bomb i mean i can't believe everyone kept this for me Liz Furiati, who runs the fucking place, and Noam, Noam Dorman, who owns the comedy. Like everyone, I was I was literally in shock, and I fucking loved it, and I love getting picked on and and um, you know, abused by my fellow comics. There's no greater, there's no greater honor. So to everyone who came, thank you, thank you, thank you. To everyone I missed mentioning, sorry. But I just, it was just a fucking night to remember. And it's recorded. So I'm going to watch it 150 times, million times. And then I got some videos from like my friend Wendy Liebman and Susie and Susie Esman and Joy Behar. And who else sent me? Oh, Tom Papa. Oh, he's not Jewish, but he grew up in New Jersey. Um, You know, and my friends. And it was just, I can't. I can't. I just, I feel lucky. I'm not even being negative. It's really weird. By the way. I'm telling you this now before we begin. I have shows that you need to come to. December 3rd, December 3rd in Westchester in Scarsdale. I'm at B-Side Comedy. The early show sold out. I have a nine o'clock show. Get your ass there, okay? Or die. And then I'm going to be at the Chosen Comedy Festival Comedy Festival in Miami on December 14. I'm at the Boca Boca Black Box Theater on December 15. I'm going to be doing Christmas Day at Stand Up New York in New York City because the Jews need to go laugh. And what else do I have? I'm in Sellersville, Pennsylvania in January, and I'm at the DC Comedy Loft. Oh, Sellersville, I'm there January 21st. I'm at the DC Comedy Loft January 26th, 20th to 28. Who cares? All right. I just check, go to my fucking website and look at my gigs, but you, I'm, I can't first of all, and democracy won. So can you fucking believe it? What a great week. Even though fuck face, I, I don't even want to talk about him with his stupid, like announcing, like no, everyone hates him. It's fucking kids won't even whatever. So, um, that's it. I'm 60. I love all of you. I love that. You're going to fucking love this episode. 
fucking love it. It's amazing. I love Al Franken. He's so fucking smart. And I just, yeah. And he's a great guy. And and I got to thank Laura Vogel um, and, you know, and Brittany, I can't even tell you. I mean, I'll thank them at the end, but they really worked their ass off to do this live podcast and um, the Midnight Theater and the staff there. And just the fact that um, I've got to lose weight. That's really important because um, I've been eating cake. But yeah. So sit back, relax, and enjoy part two of my conversation with the one and only Al Franken. So you leave after 95. Did you really leave? You wanted the anchor spot? And you, and, yeah, and I wanted an update. Gave it to Norm, and I wa- Norm McDonald. You know, and they picked Norm McDonald, which I think was uh, the best, uh, in retrospect, uh, better choice because right. one he's hilarious was hilarious and two i really my political bias i'd already made pretty clear by then i don't think that's that was probably right but i'd always wanted to do update and i didn't get it and i said i was i've been here 15 seasons right so it's time to leave and then that's when i wrote rush limbaugh as a big right you started idiot. writing yeah. p- political satire were now your parents when you became so successful on snl were they Proud? Very proud. They're they very, were. They yeah, weren't like. Course. They didn't care that you. No, they were. My they were very supportive. My brother being a photographer. They were very supportive yeah. of me being a comedian. They were thrilled. I love them. Yeah. Um, you were very close with uh, Paul Wellstone. Yep. Um, well, I was. Uh, he was a good friend. Yeah, and. I, yeah, he was a good friend. You know, I. There's a lot of people who say like, uh, this person Paul Wellstone was my mentor. He wasn't, right. you know, or that kind of thing, and. We were, just, we were friends, and I really admired him tremendously. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we were good even friends. though we were his friends. name was changed from like Wellstonowitz of its or whatever. I'm sure it was Wellstein or something. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think he didn't change it. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I just had to put that in there. <laughs> when did you know I'm gonna? I got to run for office. I got to do this. Well, that's pretty. Uh, I, I know exactly when. Um, or. I didn't say I have to, but this is what happened. Uh, so Paul um, won in um, in in ninety, right? Uh, and it was an amazing upset. And um, he'd been a professor at Carleton College, and then in he wins again in ninety six, and then in two thousand two, he's running for re-election, right? And um, he's in a dead heat with Norm Coleman, the Republican. And um, in October of 2002, he's, he's got a vote on, on the Iraq war, and he's against it. And a pretty sizable majority of Minnesotans were for going to war. So he's in this dead heat, even in the polls, and he votes against it. And he said to his friends, including me, I, I think this is the end of my career, this vote. Uh, the next poll came out, and he was ahead by seven points. Wow. And that's because Minnesotans respect People. a politician yeah. who just votes the way he believes. They just respect that. So he was going to win that race, and then his plane went down. I can't. And his wife and his daughter were on that plane. And, and three aides and um. the two pilots, of course. But uh, I... It's horrible, horrible tragedy. And Coleman ends up winning the race. And in uh, April, I think, March or April of the next year, he, after Coleman's been in office for like two months, um, he does an interview with Roll Call, which is a Capitol Hill newspaper. And he says this, to be blunt, I'm a 99% improvement over Paul Wellstone. And when I read that, I went, who the fuck is going to beat this guy? And I thought, okay. And I moved back to Minnesota. And I was doing, I started doing Air America right after Yeah, that. you had a radio show. Yeah, um, and uh, I moved to Minnesota to see if I would be the best guy to do that. And I started in the 06 campaign. I went around the state campaigning, you know. Uh, giving spe- doing fundraisers for other Democrats, uh, DFLers, Democratic Farmer Labor Party, that's our party there. And uh, people responded, and I said, I think I could do this, and I did it. What did Franny say when you said, I'm Go ahead and do it. And she was great. She was, I wouldn't have won without her at Aww. all. Yeah. What a story. Um, 
What the shift now, you know, I always say it's not a coincidence that Zelensky is so successful and he's a comedian. I think that they are related. Um, We're the bravest people in the world. Well, comedians, Jewish comedians, especially. Right. And Jewish comedians who go into politics. Yeah. And that's why, you know, he and I are the two bravest people uh, in the entire world uh, ever to ever exist. But you, you know, I've heard you say he's a performer. He knows how to communicate to a crowd. Of course. So here you are. I mean, I know how a comedian's mind works. Like everything is a joke. No matter what happens, you're like, Oh, you find the joke. Right. So here you are and you can't, Say what you're thinking, right? Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I everything. First of all, everything I had done in comedy was when during the campaign was put through the dehumorizer. Right. This is this uh, machine developed by. I think the, that's going around the country now. <laughs> the dehumorizer. The machine's been updated. Yeah. It was originally uh, Israeli technology. Right. Probably. And um, okay. <laughs> But, um, and then, so I won by 312 votes. I had this long recount. Yep, you know, I we're remember. looking at Nevada now, and uh, there may, may be a recount there. There may be a recount in the Bobert race in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So I, long recount, I get there, and I just want to, I, I know that I just got to prove to the people of Minnesota that I'm there to do the work, to put my head down, be a workhorse, not a show horse. I don't do any press except. I'm asked to do all the meet the press, all that shit. Right. And I go, nope. I just do Minnesota press. And um, I, you know, my team says, do not be funny. Don't yeah. be funny. Don't be funny. And I just put your head, and I go, I know, I understand. Put my head, just don't. And they go, don't be funny. I said, I got it. But I didn't really internalize it. Right. <laughs> and uh, so the first day I'm there, and uh, I get sworn in. It was just a thrill. Like, were you freaking out? Like, could you believe this is happening to you? I could. It took so fucking long. It yeah. was like a six month, uh, nine months from when I won the election to when I got sworn but in. But is it or weird eight. winning by such a small yeah. majority? And you're like, oh, they don't really. Like, I would be so insecure. Well, like, it wasn't I, that. It was that um, I just went, uh, I got to show people why I'm here. Right. So, um, so I get I take the subway back to the office. Uh, it's, it's the first time I'm in my office, and it's in the Hart Building. And I go up there, and I go to my get to my off my desk, and there's a slip of paper there, and I learn that one of your duties as a uh, as a senator is to write congratulatory notes to constituents. Who, and this first one was for Ruth Anderson of Marshall, Minnesota, who's turning 110. And uh, so I got out my official stationery for the first time, and I wrote, Dear Ruth, you have a bright future. (laughs) And and, uh, so my new assistant comes and takes it to my new chief of staff, and he's in, what is this? (laughs) And I said, it's a joke. And he said, "Uh uh-huh. You think Ruth Anderson will find it funny? (laughs) And I said... I don't know. She's 110. Yeah. And he said, okay, you think her family will find it funny? And then I started thinking, oh, yeah. And I thought about, like, her 90-year-old son reading it. Yeah. (laughs) You've got a bright future. Well, that's pretty mean. But it's funny. You know. What'd you change it to? What's your secret? I think it was like. Uh, I, well, I mean, you didn't know, that kill you a little bit inside? It did. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I thought, well, that's a, that family will love that joke. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I Which would is love, not, yeah. that's meant I wasn't cut out to be a senator. So, um, and, uh, but, I, you know, they said, don't be funny on floor speeches. Don't be funny in hearings. Like. The second week I'm there, so do my or hearings, and I'm on judiciary. So um, she was a prosecutor, and um, 
so and she said something about she be some other questioning she said i i became a prosecutor because i watched perry mason so i guess to me and i go like why'd you become a prosecutor from watching a show where the prosecutor lost every time <laughs> and and she said well actually he won once and i said okay well we'll get back to that later right this is at the beginning i had 30 minutes questioning so at the i had i had developed my question, I didn't have time. I had about a minute and a half left at the end. I didn't have time to develop a new line of questioning. So I said, well, okay, um, you said that Perry Mason lost one case. What was the case? And she goes, I, I don't know. And I said, didn't the White House prepare you? <laughs> Which is, I just, right, you know, and big laugh. And then I, does Al Franken have to be funny? I mean, really, I got this criticism. Oh, of, God. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> and it was clearly not like, I didn't go, okay, uh, you know, Judge Sotomayor, I'll ask, what did he <laughs> lose? You say, I don't remember, and I'll then I'll have the joke. I mean, it was just clearly something. I and just, it's because they're jealous. Don't you think it's because they can't do that? No, it's because they're the press. It wasn't the other senators complaining. Right. It was the media going like, "Oh, good, we got him. We got a, I got a story uh -huh. here. I got something I can write. Right? Some bullshit thing I can write that'll get readers and now clicks. You know? Right? Uh, uh, and that's all it is. That's all it is. This is more they, digestible so they, for readers right. than they you just know, something actually important yeah. and serious. Right. <laughs> Hey everyone, you know, one of my favorite things in life, if not my most favorite thing in life, which, yeah, it's arguably my most favorite thing in life besides my kids, and is food and eating. Eating is my favorite activity. And eating is better and easier with Factor. Factor, I'm telling you, I tried their stuff. It is delicious. It is great. It is high quality and they are, when I say ready to eat meals, they're ready to eat in two minutes. They're not frozen. They're never frozen. They're chef crafted, dietitian approved, and literally you heat them for two minutes. Every week you have over 35 options to choose from. They have calorie smart, protein plus, keto. I just did chef's choice. 60 or more add-ons that you can stay fueled up. They had these juice shots that were incredible. These are restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat when you are ready to eat. That's it. And they're really good. Elisa loved them too. There's no prep. There's no mess. I've tried a lot of these different kinds of meals. Factor is amazing and so convenient. It's so great to get home from a long day of like schlepping around and knowing you have this delicious meal waiting for you in the refrigerator that takes two minutes to heat up. And you can pause, you can reschedule your deliveries at any time. It is a great solution for those nights and days that you're looking for fast, great, delicious options with no cooking required. Okay? And Factor is less expensive than takeout. So what are you going to do? Because I'm telling you, you have to believe me. I never lie. Factor is amazing. You're going to head to Factor Meals, F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash Judy Gold 50, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D 50, five zero. Okay. Judy Gold 50. And use code J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D five zero, Judy Gold 50 to get 50% off. That's code JudyGold50 at factormeals.com slash JudyGold50 and get 50% off. It's worth it. You're welcome. Were you like pinching yourself like, oh my God, I am a, I, I'm, I'm in the Senate yeah, chambers. Yeah, I'm like, be, like who were you excited to meet? Um, well, I was excited to meet President Obama. Yeah. You know, there were uh, Carl Levin. I mean, I was, you know, I knew. Yeah, very good. Yes, um, thank you. You know, I was, um, there were certain colleagues there that I w was, 
you know, excited to meet. Uh, the, fir the first day I got there, I'm on the floor, and Carl was one of them, and I'm talking to, like, Leahy, who is, uh, you know, one of the senior senators and a couple of others. And uh, we start they start talking about how bad it is. <laughs> and I, one of them says, like, it's the worst it's been. And, and, and Levin goes, no, it's been worse. And I say, when? He says, 1854. <laughs> and I go, Charles Sumner being caned? He goes, yes. And I said, well, okay, well, that was in the lead up to the Civil War. And I go, yeah. But since then, this is the worst. <laughs> and, so, um, and then since then, it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, how do you deal with these people who are hateful? Like you said, Lindsey Graham is the funniest senator. Lindsey is funny. Um, I, mean, I know, I know you, you don't want to hear that. How do you separate? Well, Lindsay just became awful, you know, a few years ago. Why I mean, do you think he <laughs> became awful? Because Trump was president and he made a decision. He wanted to be reelected in South Carolina. So he had to be a, a Trump. He had to be a Trump supporter. And also he likes being in the action. Right. So that was his way to do it. This was... There's a book called Thank You for Your Servitude that Mark Leibovich, uh, who used to write for <laughs> the New York Times now for the Atlantic Monthly, uh, number one New York Times bestseller, uh, which is just about how all these Republicans caved to Trump. And it's uh, Leibovich is a very funny writer, too. Uh, and uh, But Lindsay is... But so I'll tell you, like, Lindsay's main jo uh, jokes were always about how cynical he, he is. And so I remember uh, one uh, Christmas break, we're leaving, and he said, uh, you taking your family anywhere for sun? And I said, yeah, we're going to Vieques in Puerto Rico. And he said, and without hesitation, he goes like, do two fundraisers, one for the people who are for statehood, one for the people who are against statehood. They never talk to each other. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, and that's just, I'm cynical, is right. his jokes. And once I, when he was running for president 16, we were in the bathroom, and I said to him, like, oh. oh that must be weird. Well, I mean, Lindsey Is it Graham. that weird to go to the bathroom? I don't know. For guys, it is. Because you see, yeah. No. For men, yeah. You're at a urinal, and there's the thing. Like, don't you go to a urinal, and you're like, oh, you fucking asshole, you voted against cli climate change legislation? You know, Not like, at this point. I mean, right. you know, if it was Cruz at a certain point. Cruz, yeah. Anyway, so I want we're getting back to that. Don't think you're so getting away I say with to that. Lindsay, like if if I were a Republican, you know, I I I'd vote for you in the primaries. He goes, That's my problem. <laughs> and so he's funny. Uh he's just, you know, I mean, it's been disgraceful what he how he Right. So how do you Trump. how do you act civil to these people who are fucking horrible? They're Terrible people. Well, some of them I didn't act civil to, and Cruz is one, basically. What is wrong with him? Is there something wrong with him? No, don't uh, you think? I, yes, absolutely. Right. Something wrong with him. And, you know, um, I tell the story about the first time I meet, met him, which is just... Uh, well, I've said this, that I, I probably liked Ted Cruz more than most of my colleagues like Ted Cruz. Right. And I hate Ted Cruz. Right. He's the most hated guy in Senate, right? Absolutely. Lindsay said about him, if if um, um, if Ted Cruz killed someone on the floor of the Senate and the trial was held in the Senate, no, he would no one would convict him. Or no, if someone killed Ted Cruz, that was right. It. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I fucked up yeah. Lindsay's joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lindsay. Okay. Um, so uh, the first time I met him, okay, so my dad, right, he didn't graduate high school. So when I'm in high school, we, uh, I get this vocabulary book to study for the SATs. And it's Johnson O'Connor. Now, Johnson O'Connor was this vocabulary maven from, like, 1928. <laughs> and he had this book, and this book had, like, starts with words that 55% of Americans don't know. And ends with 99%. My dad didn't graduate high school. He knew every fucking word in the wow. book. So we get, he's doing it, and he's not yeah. looking at it. He goes, okay, sophistry. 
And I go, I don't know. And this is 99%. He goes, well, that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, lying by using a fallacious argument. Dad, how do you know this? I don't know. I don't <laughs> so, okay, so the first time I meet Ted Cruz, 2000, um, he gets selected in 2012, November 2012. A month later, Sandy Hook happens. 20, this deranged kid with yeah. Bushmaster AR-15 kills 20 kids, six adults. So I sign on to the assault weapons ban. I, Cruz has been elected. I don't see him. He doesn't get, he doesn't show up until January 3rd. He gets sworn in. He comes over to me. He doesn't say, hi, I'm Ted Cruz. He just comes over to me and says, anyone who's for the assault weapons ban is engaged in sophistry. So as soon as he says that, I go, what an asshole. He thinks I don't know what sophistry is. Sophistry is a word that's used a lot in law school, right. especially in mock trials and by lawyers, but I know what it is. So I go, okay, Ted, how am I engaged in sophistry? He said, well... Clinton's own Justice Department did a report, did a study on the assault weapons ban, said it didn't work. And I said, no, it didn't say that. You're talking about the 2016 report, and which only had a year of data to operate with because the bill was passed in 14, and it said actually it looked like it did work, that gun violence was reduced by 6% in 15, but they didn't have enough data to draw a statistically significant conclusion. Now he gets really mad because oh, I, I yeah. knew what I was talking about. And he goes, well, you just read the report. <laughs> so I go, okay. So obviously I'm familiar. I read about the report because I knew that was going to be one of their arguments. So I go back to my office. I go to my judiciary council, and I say to him, Ted Cruz just told me, said to me that anyone who's for the assault weapons ban is engaged in sophistry. And my legal counsel, who went to Harvard Law, says, What's sophistry? And I say, okay, well, this is what it is. Okay. Yeah. I said, go, I said, just go to the report, download, you know, get print out the relevant part of it, and I'll keep it in my pocket. Next time I see Cruz, I'll, I'll show it. Next day, I'm on the floor, I see Ted across. I'm a big Jack Benny fan, so I go, oh, yeah, I love Jack Benny. I'm a big Jack Benny fan. Yeah. So I go, oh Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Cruz. <laughs> And he won't come over. I go over to him and I say, uh, you know, Ted, uh, yesterday you came up to me and said anybody who's for the assault weapons ban is engaged in sophistry. And he said, no, I didn't. What a fucking piece of shit. I can't, his daughters hate him. I can't wait to one of them. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. He's such a lot. They, Isn't that amazing? They lie. Well, he does it all the time. And right after the Paul Pelosi thing, oh, he, he did some kind of, well, we don't know all this whole story. Might have been a male problem. You know, he did that. And they're just such pieces why of shit. Why are they such assholes? And that's why, yeah. that's why Tuesday was so great. Because, yeah. um, you know, everybody said, oh, there's going to be a wave, blah, blah, blah. And I was, I didn't know. Because polling is so bad, one. And two, Franny said, uh, she's not Jewish. She's Irish Catholic. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's so anyway, Boylston, right? Boyles, huh? her maiden name, Boyles? Boyles? No, uh, 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 Jesus, uh, Bryson. 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 Yeah. She looks Jewish. No, she doesn't. I said she does. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Anyway, so Franny, uh, <laughs> Franny, like last night or maybe the night before, said the American people basically said, stop it. And what, what it was was the American people really – you know, at a certain point, you know, the, all these MAGA people, you know, the Republican Party, whatever percentage of them are MAGA people, it's, I think, a it's a majority. And they're deniers or majority. But Americans just went, fuck you, stop it, stop it. Right. You know, uh, and it was really interesting that all these deniers who lost conceded. <laughs> I, I know, I was that's going right. Like, 
Well, you know, uh, there's uh, the, the 2020 election was stolen. I know we went to court 60 times to try to prove it and lost every one of them. Uh, but last night, I really lost. <laughs> I don't know what, that, yeah. what the fuck that was. It made no sense. But I think that Americans are going like, this is just dangerous. It is. And so I think really underestimated was the threat of democracy. And I remember people would go like, you can't use that as a... They, people, it's just inflation. It's people's economics. And there's an argument on that, which is they have no answer for inflation. Right. If you look at the Inflation Reduction Act, none of which is basically kicked in, but it caps pharmaceuticals for people in Medicare right. at $2,000. That's going to save people money. It allows Medicare to negotiate with pharmaceuticals. It's insulin. You can, If you're a senior, you get it. To 30, it's capped at 35. It, it, it has so much in it that is actually going to address this. It's also a worldwide problem. Uh, it's worse in Europe. You know, part of that is the war. You know, what? Yeah, gas prices went up because of the war. You have to... But they We just have to lied. help Ukraine in this war. I know. And we're going to continue it because they're, the majority of Republicans, I think, know that we have to. You know I love my liquid IV, that I drink liquid IV pretty much every day. And I love it because it keeps me hydrated. I travel with it because it's in little packets. It tastes great. It's an amazing product. It hydrates better than water alone, three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO. But here's the best part. You know I've been bragging about Ben my son, Ben, who plays basketball, his team, his entire team, they love Liquid IV. I mean, they are number four in the nation. They are an amazing team. They've done better than ever this year. Dare I say it's because of the Liquid IV? I'm not going to say for sure, but I'm telling you, these athletes love Liquid IV. They love all the flavors, strawberry, lemonade. I love the watermelon. I never give them any of my watermelon. They have sugar-free, white peach, green grape, lemon, lime. It makes you feel great. And if you need a little caffeine, the, the uh, lemon ginger is beyond, beyond. And I know they use it while they're working out. I'm pretty sure they might use it after a game that they won and went out and had, you know, a couple of drinky poos. But that being said, I love Liquid IV. They're a great sponsor. They're a great product. And I honestly couldn't live without them. And it's winter still. You need to be hydrated. Hydration is very important. So weekends are for going wild, as you all know. Have a game plan for Monday. That's what you need. I just had this conversation with Ben's girlfriend. I said, if you're going to go out and party, you need a game plan. And what's your game plan? Liquid IV. Weekends for going wild have a game plan for monday with liquid iv grab your liquid iv hydration multiplier sugar free in bulk nationwide at costco or get 20 percent off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code judy gold j-u-d-y-g-o-l-d at checkout that's 20 percent off your first order when you shop superior hydration today using promo code judy gold j-u-d-y-g-o-l-d at liquidiv.com. You're welcome. Do you know which Republicans are saying the complete opposite of what they believe? Yeah, a lot. I mean, it depends what part of what they believe you're saying. I, I still keep in touch with some of my former Repub uh, colleagues on both sides, but with Republicans, I just give them shit all the time. And I just, I, you know, they're friends, and I just say, I don't know you have to say the election wasn't stolen. Right. And then I'll write back. I have said a number of times that Biden is the president. I, I and I go, that. like, that isn't, you know. And right. I, yeah. And I just can't fucking believe it. And I say this is dangerous, especially after this last thing with the policy stuff. I went, like, are you guys, you got to condemn this. You know, right. uh, you have to condemn this. You can't. I mean, this is obscene. It's disgusting. Yeah. And I think the American people looked at that. I think that really hurt them. Right. Because I think the American people look at this and go, like, this is really beyond the pale. 
they said, stop it. Franny was right. Stop it. And I think that's what happened. And then also, of course, the Dobbs decision. Oh, that's People the worst. Under, I did a podcast uh, last week with uh, just right before uh, the midterms with Cecile Richards right. and David Axelrod. And Cecile, of course, <laughs> at one point. I love her. Oh, she's unbelievable. And David, I, I really love David. He's a little bit more hard-nosed. And really thought we were gonna. There was going to be right. a wave. Yep. Um, <laughs> and at one point, because she and I had talked about Dobbs, and he went, and he was going to base his. He, he started it this way. Uh, Cecile, uh, you're kind of known. Uh, you you're known as, and then he couldn't think of what to say, and she said, "The abortion lady," <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really funny. And he went, "Well, yeah, but also as a really," and then he said something about the very savvy. And he basically was saying, isn't Dobbs over? Not over, but isn't it peak and isn't it not? And she kind of, no. She said, no, it's really important to women, but also, you know, abortion has economic, you right. know, and she, she did a very sophisticated response. But he was wrong. And if you look demographically at who voted and how, much, how many young people, gee, why would young people care about abortion? Uh, and, and I know these these people, young women, yeah. and especially, but young men too, and right. and uh, so, and also that demographic is much more uh, diverse. Uh, and the Republicans, I mean, who thought? Because I was going like before this was happening, I'm going like, is there? Well, have we lost our democracy? Right. I have, thought that too. Yeah, and I'm going like, you know, I've I've been thinking to myself like. You know, I've been thinking for a couple of years now, uh, we're going to have a tipping point where we lose our democracy. And I started thinking in the last couple of months, wait a minute, maybe the tipping point already happened. And it was a series of tipping points, which is starting in, in uh, 2010, Citizens United. That is the worst, the worst. We got to get rid of that. That well, is corrupted yeah. politics. It's all about money, 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 money. There's no public servants anymore. Well, it's dark money. Yeah. And you saw the flood of dark money. Right. And on these bogus crime ads. And uh, it was ugly. But Kennedy, uh, Justice Kennedy. I hate him. I well, hate yeah. his fucking face. I hate the way his chin moves. Anthony hate- Anthony Kennedy? Oh, you're Justice talking about Kennedy. Kavanaugh. I thought you meant John, the senator. Oh, sorry. you're talking about John Kennedy. I'm sorry. Senator I'm so from Louisiana. Sorry. No. Sorry. Justice Kennedy uh, wrote the opinion right. on Citizens United. And in the opinion, he said, the great thing about this is there will be disclosure. And there isn't There's disclosure. No disclosure. And but we, in fact, we had a vote on the floor when we, after Scott Brown had won and mm-hmm. was now, we were, instead of six, we were 59. So every Republican voted against disclosure. So... My thing is like, okay, if you wrote the fucking opinion and in it you write the, the great thing about this is it'll be disclosure, so it'll be transparent. Why don't you say, hey guys, we have to revisit this, right, right. <laughs> you know? But no, they don't do that. Shelby County, Shelby County is uh, thirteen. They get rid of uh, Title Five in the Voting Rights Act. Title Five is preclearance, meaning that it, the Voting Rights Act in '65 included Title Five, which said that the Justice Department, the, fe- the federal government's Justice Department, has to review changes in voting law in jurisdictions that had traditionally suppressed votes of, right. of people of color. And um, that goes on a 5-4. Roberts writes the decision and says, well, you know, these southern states and these jurisdictions, they've reformed. They don't do it anymore. Well, they don't do it because of because of Title V. Right. And Justice Ginsburg writes, that's like throwing away your your umbrella while it's raining because you're not getting wet. Well, boom. Next day, like the Louisiana State Legislature writes this, their voting laws, the uh, two years later, because under Title II, the courts, it goes through the court system, it takes two years for the, the Fourth Circuit to say, they targeted African Americans with almost surgical precision. Right. That was the wording. Well, then why doesn't Roberts go like, you know what? I was wrong. Right. Well, no, of course not, because he's a dick. 
I mean, basically, mm-hmm. because he's not honest. He's not an honest person. And uh, and this court is illegitimate. Part I of, know. Part of it was, uh, you know, I mean, not taking up Merrick Garland was right. unprecedented. That was, how did they get away? Like, they're not, we're not they, even They got away with, with it you? because they had the majority and they could I get away them. with it. I but hate them. What they did was they uh, lied about their. Right. The, they they said they, they used a premise that didn't exist, <laughs> which is that if you don't take up the, the the Senate advice and consent includes not even giving the guy a hearing, right. and that had never happened before. And then, uh, but and then and, Amy and, Conti Barrett in well, yeah, in and, like a week. She gets uh, eight days or nine days yeah. before the election, and they had said you can't do this in an election year. And of course, Scalia died in February, and and McConnell said, "Well, there's already been votes cast in in New Hampshire, okay, you know." And so you can't do it during an election year. And now, uh, then Coney Barrett, you know, uh, Bader Ginsburg dies in September, late September, and um, boom, they just put her through, and so they get rid of the. <laughs> the non-existent premise, uh, you know. I hate them. Yeah, I hate re- them. There's a reason to hate them, and a reason to vote against them. And um, I love talking to you. First of all, I have to commend you on your um, questioning of Neil Gorsuch. I found that to be Wasn't very that entertaining. That was fun. yes, that was great. And his stupid fucking face, where he was like this. What do you mean? Oh, did I really? I, I don't say know. That? that was on the frozen trucker. Yeah, and, I love and, that. We can't. We don't have time to go. Okay, through that. I know, okay, but yeah. I, I just, I have, I miss you. We need you. Well, yeah, I know. I, I miss we it too. We fucking need you so bad. I miss um, it too. All right. I always ask my, um, my podcast guests two questions at the end of the oh, podcast. Oh, okay. All right. One. I'm Jewish. Is that one? Oh of them? yes, but Franny's okay, not. Only, yeah. Um. What's the second question? Uh, <laughs> Okay, first question. All right, number one, what do you do for to keep your mental health? Um, and Boy, the fact that Franny good... stayed with you, you two, two months in, you said you had like a depression, and yeah. um, and then she stayed Welcome with you. Welcome to me. <laughs> that was pretty damn good. Um, but yeah. what do you do to keep sane? Yeah, um, I count my blessings. I mean, I have uh, these four beautiful grandchildren. I have two great kids. I mean, our kids are just. I know. Harvard and then Princeton. Wow. You, oh, yes. But then the Princeton. Went to MIT. Went to MIT. I can't. <laughs> for graduate school where he got a uh, master's in <laughs> engineering <laughs> and business. I'm sorry, that is the Jew side of the family. I don't care what you say. <laughs> okay, here's my second question. And All the right. daughter <laughs> went to Harvard. Yeah. And uh, then became a uh, did teach for America. Yeah. Kind of thing, and became a teacher, and then was involved uh, for years in the. Uh, D.C. public school system. Yes. And it's just uh, wonderful. Then she has two beautiful children. <laughs> Did either of them marry Jews? Both of them. Thank God! One's a half-breed as well. Well, all but, right, yeah. but whatever. Um, half-breed. Are they raising the kids Jewish? Kind of. <laughs> oh, great. I mean, they know the Jews. The, they know. All right, yes. as long as yeah. they know because yes. of what's going on in the uh, no, they the country. Right? I, we took a holiday picture, and it was all, all, it was just me and Franny and the four grandchildren watching TV. And so at the time, they were like, I guess, eight, five, five, and two. And I just put, the caption was, uh, Franny, me, and the grandchildren watching Judgment at Nuremberg. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're kind of we're watching TV, and <laughs> all right, this is now I call my podcast "Kill Me Now" because I get aggravated at everything, and I'm always saying like "Kill Me Now," I can't take it. What pisses you off more than anything in the entire world? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I I would say. Dishonesty. Yeah. That's just it. I just drives me fucking crazy. There isn't an honest word, obviously, that comes out of 
the sociopath, Trump's mouth. Right. But that these Republicans and these uh, MAGA people, I mean, the disinformation, I, when I, I wrote Rush Limbaugh's a big fat idiot and other observations and lies and lying liars who tell them for him, point out then that there's all this disinformation being put out by people on the right and then uh, and it's just gotten worse since. Right. So that really pisses me off the most. It just drives me crazy that and then the false equivalence that sometimes comes from the press and yeah. that kind of stuff. But basically it's that. That's what drives me crazy. Um I cannot I cannot thank you enough. This was well, thank you. such I an can't honor. Thank you enough. How's that? Oh th- we you you are such a hero and I wish you would go back and you know change the world. But you think we're on a, the right path. I hope. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's it's we can't take too much solace. Uh, I know from this, but hopefully, you know, when I get home, we'll find out that um, Cortez Masso is yeah. the lead, and we'll take over the Senate. Right. And and, uh, and I hope that if majority of the Senate isn't at stake in Georgia, that there will be a, Republicans in Georgia who are going like, okay, I can't vote for that guy. Right. Uh, you know, it used to be that holding a gun to your wife's head was a disqualifier. <laughs> I can't. I, it's beyond. I it's did, amazing. And then okay. I did Rachel versus Guy with him, and dumb as a brick. But he made good chicken wings. Wouldn't it be odd if, uh, like, Herschel Walker won and then became like a great senator? <laughs> <laughs> that that is. He can't even a, complete a that's sentence. That's like a fucking sketch. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good sketch. Yeah, it's just that's like good. following his career over the years, yeah. he becomes Ted Kennedy. You yeah. know, he becomes like <laughs> he I becomes love that. Robert Byrd. Yeah. You know. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Al Franken. Thank you all. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with the one and only Al Franken. How fucking fantastic was that, huh? Kill Me Now is produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without Brittany Joe Soward's rich man she married a Jew. If you haven't subscribed, really, seriously, please leave a review. Then more people find it. Then I can do more ads, not more ads, but I can get some money for the ads I do that I can keep it on the air because right now I'm not, uh, you know, uh, breaking even. But I love it. I love it. It's a labor of love. Um, five stars only, please. I want you to know that I've maintained a five-star rating on Lyft, okay? I'm still at 4.49 on Uber, so I don't even use Uber now because Lyft appreciates me. And I'm going to go with the one that appreciates me, even though sometimes they're a little more expensive. But, um, you know, I get people being nice to me instead of Uber, who's probably like, oh, I wonder what this bitch's problem is. You know, I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did, Uber. I always tip. I always am like, you you don't even know. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. Your car is so nice. Have a wonderful day. How are you? Blah, blah. So I am doing a lot of uh, commentary on the... Uh, Chappelle, SNL monologue. I, you know, and and I talk about all this in my book. Uh, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, are all in trouble, which you can buy as a gift, a holiday gift. It's a great read. Um, but you know, I believe in free speech. Does does some of the stuff make me uncomfortable as a Jew? Absolutely. Did I think there were some false equivalencies? Yeah, but he's, you know, it's it's harder when it comes from someone who. You know, you like and respect, you know, but um, there's plenty of other people's things. Other comics say that I can't stand. Um, I believe in free speech and I think it's, you know, everyone's talking about it and we should there should be discourse and we should be talking about it. And people should learn the truth because a lot of it wasn't true. So but as a comic, I feel one way as a Jew. I feel another way and then I combine the two and I eat. That's what I do. I eat something. And that's working really well for me now that I'm 60. What else do I have to tell you? I really love Henry and Elise. I mean, I love Ben. 
I love Ben a lot, but he wasn't there. But Henry and Elisa, I, I did. I can't with all they did. And my friends Robin and Luann and they're Millie. Like everyone helped with the surprise, and I just I'm still on cloud, you know, nine. Why is it cloud nine? Can someone please write to me and tell me why it's cloud nine? Also, I want to say. Everyone who writes to me to say that they listen to the end, I fucking love you. And let's see who's today's today's person who listens to the end is Gail Nestle. Gail, I want to thank you for listening to the end, Gail. You are a delight. I think you're from Canada, if I remember correctly. But I really appreciate you. So thank you for listening to the end because I can't stand my fucking voice. Cannot stand it. So there's that. Please come to my shows. Please go to my website. Please go to, you know, tweet. What the fuck's going to happen with Twitter? That's another thing. Yeah, what's going on with Twitter? I mean, he's such an asshole, isn't he? Like, it's just, why do you have to be such an asshole? Like, these men and their fucking egos. And, like, ruining people's lives and livelihood. Like, ugh. I just, Whatever. Um, so that I'm still on Twitter at Judy Gold, J E W D Y. I know I have to go on another one, but Brittany Joe Sowards Richmond, uh, who is my executive assistant, um, is like, can't deal with it right now. So great. Um, but I'm on, you know, I'm on the, the Instagram and the Facebook and the TikTok. I got to do more. I'm going to be doing more stuff on TikTok. To, I, I feel like I dropped the ball. I did drop the ball, but now I'm 60 and I can pick the ball up even though my back hurts. <laughs> it's an old joke. <laughs> All right. I got to go. This is going on way too long, but I love my CPAP machine, by the way, it goes up my nose and I can breathe. Uh, and I'm not snoring. And Elisa stays in the bed with me all night. It's a bit sport. Um, all right. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Enjoy overeating. You know, it's a celebration of togetherness because uh, the uh, Thanksgiving, you know, not not a positive in the um, whole history of the United States of America. But whatever, you know, we're here. We're queer. Democracy won. And um, now we can eat food, food, food. So enjoy whether you're with friends, family, whether you're alone, whether you're doing something for other people. God bless you. Just enjoy and get those Black Friday deals because you know, it's now or never. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. And as we always say, so long. Gah, gah. <laughs>